Hallelujah. Are y'all grateful? <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, we're giving thanks this morning for River Church. We're giving thanks for the gospel being proclaimed throughout our city, our county, the southeast, and the nations. We are thankful. Hallelujah. Where would we be without this gospel? How could we know what life we would have if we didn't get saved? I've just been so thankful lately that I got born again. I thanked my mother last night. I always tell her she's my favorite mother, which just gets away with her. Well, that's because I'm your, I'm your only mother. But uh, I was just thankful for the gospel getting preached. I, a lot of people don't have parents that, that uh, take them to church and get them born again and all that. But I did, and it's the greatest gift I've got in my life. So I'm, I'm grateful. Are you grateful? We're thankful this morning to have Jesus. We take him for granted so many ways, but he is awesome. And without him, we would be lost. So yay, yay, yay. Uh, yeah, the, we're going to have some guest speakers. They've called me and said, Let, can we come? And it's like, well, yeah, sure can. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Job. When's the last time you've ever given under a backdrop of the book of Job? I haven't either. <laughs> but I, found, I opened my Bible. I just opened it looking for the scripture, and this is where it fell. So I'm... I'm going to say, that's close enough. Uh-huh. Now, there, there's the people that are doing bad things, but the book Joe says in verse 11, 36, 11, if they obey and serve him, speaking of the Lord, if they obey and serve God, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Ah, that just sounds wonderful. I don't know how you teach that or explain it. It just says if they, if they obey and serve God. Oh, I am. Are you? Well, of course we are. We are. And this is Old Testament. He says everything's better in the new than in the old. So uh, here we are. This is the old. It says they will spend their days in prosperity. So let's move on from the potato story. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And their years in pleasures. Well, that kind of knocks that old thing about that God wants you humble and barely getting along and pretty, pretty doing without in order to be pleasing to Him. It says He wants you to have days of pleasures. Hallelujah. Pleasures not necessarily the world. We were talking earlier about uh, knowing people, knowing each other by the, after the Spirit than after the flesh. Doesn't that have to play in every time you have to get past somebody's mess up? And I was thinking about the scripture, and I don't know where it is, or I'd looked it up, but it talks about the sins of omission and the sins of commission. But it also talks about sins that are hidden and sins that are outward. And we all know about other people's outward sins, and they're real easy to criticize and to judge and to lump them in. But how many people, you think they're wonderful, but they got all sorts of secrets in their life, but they're just as bad, they're just, you know, or just contrary. So we're going to get clean of all of them and stay clean, and we're going to obey and serve Him, and we're going to spend our days in prosperity and our years in pleasures. Now that's, that's how it is, and it won't be different. Unless you just want to pull against that, that's how it's going to be. Amen. So we're, we're giving this morning. 
It, we give not because of the command to give. We give because that's who we are, and that's what we do based on who we are. Not fear, not a debt, a tax. We are just filled with God's love and love gifts. So, Lord, we thank you this morning for a seed to sow. You said you would give seed to the sower. Well, we found it. We discerned it. We, we segregated it out. Hallelujah. It was in there with a bunch of bread, a bunch of cars, a bunch of stuff. But Lord, we found the seed, and here we release our faith in this seed to produce a harvest for us of seed again to sow and bread again to eat. We are delivered from lack and trouble and little, and we are delivered to what it says here, Days in prosperity and years in pleasures, I am in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Yay. Yay. We're going to receive the Lord's table this morning. If you, if you need any communion supplies for your home, We've got some. Pam knows where they are. I think they're back there in the back somewhere. But be sure and get some. Just go home. and yeah, I told you what I learned the other day, that the first 300 years of the church, they did not actively pursue healing as a transaction between somebody and somebody else. But they all, for 300 years, they took communion for healing. And the church was healed walked in divine health, didn't really, you know, if, if that's your standard, if indoor plumbing is your standard, you're pretty indignant and incensed to go somewhere where they don't have a faucet and other things, hallelujah. So you just get used to it. It's like, where is the light switch in this place? Well, here's a candle, here's a lamp. So we're that way uh, in our lives as well. Hallelujah. We're used to this, and we don't want to do have with less. So it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, I like this. It says, uh, uh, I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. So what, what is communion? Well, it's a demonstration of what's already happened. We're not getting saved here we're not getting healed here we're not getting forgiven here but we're stirring ourselves up of what's already happened it's just normal to be forgiven like indoor plumbing and electricity in america it's just normal it's just normal for us to be forgiven and it's listen it's normal to be healed it's normal to be healed it's like oh that's like when you hear about a Christian that's sick, there's something that went awry. Something wasn't right. I've, I've been sick before. I guess you have. I guess we've all been sick. But we're endeavoring to be who we are. Not to put something on saying, well, if I can be good enough, I'll get healed. To put on who we already are. So that's what we do when we take communion. We, we take his body to remind ourselves to stir up, to connect with our faith. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I'm healed. Amen. Amen. So, Joey, let's... Oh. 
You got any jelly and butter? Hallelujah. <laughs> Can you say that in communion? Ah, oh, probably not. I did. Hallelujah. So it doesn't really matter what the elements look like. It doesn't really matter if you have a little wafer, if you have a piece of bread or a cracker. It really doesn't matter because we're stirring ourselves up and it's, we're stirring ourselves up in the transaction that's already happened. So that's what we're doing here. So you have to have a transaction here to turn you into the transaction that's already been completed. So when we stir ourselves up, let's just, let's just appropriate what's ours. We're not asking God, God, would you? That, that is contrary to heaven. That's, that's kind of like cussing. Would you, Lord, heal me? The word says, by his stripes you were healed. So somebody hands you $10, and then you turn around and say, when are you going to give me my $10? It's like, what? So we've already been healed. That's who we are. It's not what we get or not what we pursue. It's who we already are. Who we are determines on what we have and what we can do. It's powerful. It's powerful. So, Lord, we thank you this morning for the broken and pierced body of our Lord Jesus. That he didn't do it for him. He did it for us. That he might fulfill the word for us. And you're so good to us. Your compassion has laced our life with all that's good. So today we stir up our remembrance. We stir up our, our thinking. We stir up our faith to remind ourselves not something that we earn or perform for, but something you've already given us. I am already the healed. So I speak to my body and say, body, you are already the healed. So quit acting up. Quit talking to me. Quit acting like you're not because that's who you are. Because that's who I am. And I receive that. I receive that. I take hold of it today. By his stripes, I was healed in Jesus' name. Amen. I remember a few years ago, big controversy. I mean, everything's a controversy. Well, do you, the bread, do you take risen bread? Or do you have to take unleavened bread? And he's like, well, leaven is sin. And you gotta get, that was a parable. On the other hand, Jesus arose. It doesn't matter. If you stumble at that, you, you can't get anything anyway. I mean, you, you got the wrong program. So we're just not going to stumble. And it's not something that's cloaked with religion. I was raised where everybody got, matter of fact, we didn't do it on Sunday morning. Because there might be some people there that hadn't examined themselves and they would pollute all of us or something. So we did it on Sunday night because only the real Christians would be there on Sunday night. Do y'all remember that? Y'all, did y'all ever around that? That's what they did. They didn't want some half-baked Christian coming in there or, you know, and taking of our holy grape juice. I hate religion. I just hate it. We miss so much that's just right there. That's right there. I mean, it's like it's already been done. Well, we feel better about earning it, qualifying. It'll never happen, will it? 
So we're going to receive the, the cup. Joy, I'll let you. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, when we're, when we're water baptized, you're not getting saved in water baptism. You got the water. Well, we have a special guest that's not here today that doesn't like grape juice. So Pamela makes one for him. So when we took communion, you had to have deacons in good standing, and they would go up to the front, and there would be a white linen cloth over the communion elements. And I'm all about respect. I'm, I'm telling you, honor and respect are so important. But they, they went through a kind of like an army funeral protocol, like you fold the flag and you give it to the widow or whatever. We went through this, and it made it seem like that there was something going on in the action or in the ceremony or in the, that was doing work on us. And yet people were sitting there not transacting their faith, but felt like they were in a holy place. This is a holy place, but so is my living room. I, this is a little off the wall, but you, you could take communion in the bathroom. Like, no, you can't. That's not holy. As long as we believe that, we're going to miss some of the, of the benefits of the kingdom. So, Lord, it said, you said, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So I'm remembering. I'm remembering how saved I am. Not just partly or pretty good. Absolutely saved. We are joint heirs with Jesus. I mean, it means like as he is, so are we. This connects us. Not spiritually, it connects us in our soul. It says, yeah, pay attention, Michael, because that's what it is. That's how it is, and it won't be different. So, Lord, we thank you for forgiving us completely. There is no condemnation to us who are in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Lord. It was a sure work, a completed work, a done work. And we rest in the work of the blood of Jesus. And we receive this token of that day, that hour, that moment, where we were totally set free, totally liberated, totally made yours. And we so appreciate everything in our life based on what you, Lord Jesus, did for us. It took the blood. It took everything. It took your life. Therefore, we're grateful for that life. In Jesus' name. Yay. Yay. Well, yay. Praise God. So did you get healed this morning? We did, but on the other hand, we were already healed, weren't we? So we reinforced what we did get healed this morning. I tell you, I got lots of things. I don't know if y'all have anything. I got lots of little things going on. And just little things like everybody does. Don't get alarmed. There's nothing new or weird or secret going on. I'm just talking about life. Do you all know about life where there's just little things that pop up and it was like, what is this? It wasn't here yesterday. What is this? And you go to the doctor and, you, and they're just running you through the little gamut and they said, what's this? And you have to tell them, no. They ask me, how, how is your so-and-so doing? I will not answer. I will, not, I will never claim it. 
but I let them read me and do whatever they do, put it on the chart, whatever. The truth is, the truth is, the truth is, it's a finished thing. Yay. Yay. Joey, would you, would you pick up everybody's cup for... Thank you. I don't want to offend y'all. I don't want to offend anybody. But that's why it's not just a solemn, holy, everybody whisper moment. It's not the red tablecloth and the and the, the 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 hat, the pointy hat that you give and the wafer and everything. It's there's no ritual about it. There's no ritual about it. And I like taking off the emotion. I was thinking this morning about how the songs we sing, we are so 150 years behind on the latest and greatest song programs and everything. And in the Old Testament, I'm going to teach this sometime, but in the Old Testament, it was all emotion. It's all flesh, wasn't it? Well, we're going to dance like David dance. No, we're not. That's all he had was to celebrate from the soul in, in their bodies. And so they danced and timbrels and harps and all of that. Well, the church wants to do that still. We want to, but it's totally, it's totally, we have to have certain music, certain lights, certain whatever, in order to feel completely like we worshiped him. But everything in the soul is pretty worthless. In other words, it's for that moment, and we ought to be emotional, but we can't say we worshiped God because we watched somebody be emotional or that we ourselves got emotional. If, if the emotion or the feelings lead to something in your spirit, yay. But we don't go to Jerusalem. We don't go to Mount Sinai anymore to worship. So we can sing three simple songs with all the lights on, with the words up there, and, and nothing special, nothing to help us. You know what we talk about. The baked potato is just to hold up the good stuff. Y'all know that, don't you? We just eat the salad because it's got the good stuff on it. We, we're not into lettuce. I mean, who, who's, you're not telling the whole truth if you say, I just love plain green lettuce. No, you're not. We love what's on it, and that's what you got to do. Well, you can go to worship. I remember going to uh, Word of Life in Birmingham, and uh, I don't know why I'm telling all this, but whatever. And the anointing of God. Kim Whitman could get us into the anointing of God in about four minutes. And there was not any big hoopla. It was just singing. They just they would lead us. But the Word says that it's through the lifting of our hands that we give Him praise. So that's why we're so simple here, is I want to peel off all the emotion so that we can be on a desert island or in the middle of our house or in a stalled car and we don't have to have a bunch of accruements that, that say, one, two, three, go. And we, we, we cue up the piano and the organ. We can worship God wherever because we know how. Because we've been in church when there was not much help. So you either went there. That, if you go into a big thing where there's a lot of help, you may have been in the middle of the help, but it doesn't mean you worship God at all. Y'all hear what I'm saying? It doesn't mean anything happened. You just feel good about your emotions feeling good. Music is intoxicating. It's intoxicating. And so you can get the wrong music. You can get certain beats, and it'll intoxicate you. 
And so you'll think, oh, we just worshiped God, when in fact, nothing happened. <laughs> Y'all drive safely, Joe Morris says. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Ah, I tell you, we're, we're in a wild time in the world. But I think our grandparents probably thought it was a wild time. We think, oh, Grandma, that wasn't nothing. But that's just because we've become acclimated. There's probably some more wild coming that we can't hardly bear, except we acclimate to what we're doing right now. So we're going to stay strong. We're not going to let it overtake us and seduce us. Seduce us. We're not going to be seduced by the world. We're in the world, but we're not going to be seduced by the world. We're going to stay strong. So, yay. Can I tell a joke? <laughs> and by the way, uh, Deborah said, you got a lot going on this morning. I said, well, we don't have Sunday night. I never gave it up just because we didn't meet. And right now we're not having Wednesday night. I feel entitled <laughs> on Sunday morning. It's like, I don't care if y'all go to lunch ever. I, I, I'm, I'm rolling Wednesday and Sunday into this. I'm just kidding. A hungry traveler ordered some old-fashioned bean and oxtail soup. This is my worst one, so if it doesn't go good, I've got to back up. At a roadside diner, after waiting 10 minutes, he was so hungry he felt he couldn't bear it another minute. Across the table, a customer with a nearly full bowl was reading a newspaper while it cooled. Carefully, he reached over and pulled the soup to his, to his side of the table. It smelled so good. And so he grabbed his spoon and gulped it down, thinking he would give his fresh bowl to the man when it arrived. The soup was delicious, but he apparently ate it too fast because no sooner had he finished the bowl then his stomach reacted and he vomited every bit of it right back into the bowl. It's kind of gross, but hang on, hang on. The man across the way lowered his newspaper and said, I know just how you feel. The same thing happened to me just a little while ago. <laughs> that was bad, wasn't it? <laughs> that was bad. So I said that one first because I got a backup. A sign on a dryer in the laundromat said, this dryer is worthless. A sign on the next dryer said, this dryer is next to worthless. <laughs> well, if that didn't go over good, I got one more. We're going to burn them all in one Sunday. There was this little guy sitting in a restaurant eating his appetizer very deliberately when suddenly this great big dude came in and whack, knocked him off his chair into the floor. The big dude said, that was a karate chop from Korea. The little guy was confused, but got back on his chair and started eating again. When all of a sudden, whack, the big dude knocked him down again and said, that was a judo chop from Japan. The little guy had enough of this, so he got up, brushed himself off, and quietly left. The little guy was gone for about an hour when he returned. Without saying a word, he walked up behind the big dude and wham, knocked the big dude off his stool, knocking him out cold. The little guy looked at the waiter and said, when he comes to, tell him that's a crowbar from Sears. <laughs> I, the reason I tell these is so that you'll walk in love towards me and forgive me. And, and that way, if I ever do mess up, really mess up, you'll go, ah, we're used to that. We didn't forgive that. That's no big deal. Amen. All right, boys and girls, mostly girls, y'all can go to children's church.
since I made you go through the jokes. Does everybody have a, a, a little sheet to fill out? Who, did you get one, Lisa? Okay. Now, those are not for me. They're not for anybody else. They're for you. But I'll tell you, if you'll write it out, um, keep it real simple. Keep it real short. Do not go into a long discourse. Just, just three or maybe four words and fold it up and put it in your Bible. You're going to need it. So dream big. We're going to attach our faith to these three things or two things, whatever you have, four if you need another line. We're going to stretch our faith in some seemingly painful ways. And you're going to be glad. It's going to be, this is going to be your greatest year. Before we tie off 2021, in the worst of times, we are going to say we had the best of times. When it seems like everybody was just losing their mind, we had the best year of our life. So be sincere. It's private. It's personal. It's not something like, well, what'd you put? And what'd you put? No. Just whatever you're facing or whatever is looming in your future, describe it or, or name it or confront it. Nothing's really real until it's spoken. But nothing's really spoken until it's been read or written down. So do that for you, not for Don't show anybody. We don't care. We're, we're all filling out our own stuff. But there's some real stuff facing all of us. Thank you, Wendy. We'll go. Don't y'all love broadcast? The room is full. I can tell you the room is full. It's full, so don't be thinking. We've been saying for years that we're ministering to 300 people every service. And we got what we said. Amen. So we're in River Church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And we're having the times of our life. We are the happiest people on the planet and you just can't talk us out of it because we have Jesus and we have his word and we believe his word. So what's not to be happy? There's no doom and gloom. The good news is the bad news is wrong. Hallelujah. So I want to minister out of the word this morning on a subject that I started last week. And I'm calling it this. I'm calling it qualified to receive it all now. Qualified to receive it all now. So by faith, put your, put, I'm in front of it and point to yourself and say it with me. I'm qualified to receive it all now. Again, I'm qualified to receive it all now. Now, obviously, we're not learning a new thing. What we're doing is saying, this is already true. This is already a done deal. It's, but we're, we're keeping ourselves stirred up because it's not what's legal that's happened that's going to be in your life. It's what you and I believe that happened that's reality in our life. So turn with me to Romans, if you would. The book of Romans. Don't y'all love the word? Amen. We just love the word. That's, you know, we talked about worship and praise and all the things that, that we could do and that we do do. But really, it's the word. Because you, you, should, you should worship and praise at home. As a matter of fact, I believe, and I'll just continue my earlier conversation, that if you don't worship at home... You are not a worshiper at church. If it's a church-only experience and you got to queue up the band and get the, the lights going and all that people do, you know, whatever, whatever, not criticizing that, I'm just saying, if that's what is required for you to worship God, to praise God, then you, then you don't.
because it's in your quiet time. It's in your nobody's around time. It's what we do when we're all alone that's real. We're measured by that, not by how fast we run around the church when we get together. It says in Romans chapter 8, Oh, I love Romans chapter 8. Look in verse 31. We looked at it last week, but we'll look at it again. Verse 31 says, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? <laughs> Isn't that great? Isn't that, if God be for us, well, is he? Well, yeah, we have the proof of that in the Lord Jesus. If God be for us, who? Who can dare be against us? It's futile. That's how come we know the devil is stupid. He's, he's smart, but he's not wise. He's a fool, even though he's got a, a, a so-called devil-levish IQ. You know, he's a fallen angel. And then verse 32, it says, He that spared not his own son. So it's back up there to God, God being for us. That same Lord that spared not his own son, but delivered him up. Now, there, there it just tells you that it wasn't arbitrary. It wasn't just like whatever, or it wasn't even just the Lord Jesus saying, I think I'll do this, Dad. I'll be back by the weekend. This was a concerted plan of deliverance and salvation. Who delivered, who, but delivered him up for us all. Think about this. He said, reason this out. How shall he not with him also? Say also. 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 If you're born again this morning, then you have to not separate everything else from that one experience, which most Christians do. But he also freely gave us all things. So if he would give you the big thing, the major thing, the, the, the overwhelming thing, why wouldn't these little details, healing and prosperity and peace, why wouldn't he throw that in, you know? It's kind of a twofer deal. If you, if you get Jesus, you get everything that goes with him. Because he's the main event. So, also freely give us all things. Now, that's what we're talking about because I hope you're born again. I hope in, in broadcast you are born again. You ought to get born again. It's everything. There's nothing else to, to do with your life except figure that out. But once you get born again, then the next step is for you to believe, understand to believe, that he didn't stop with just saving you from hell. It wasn't just fire insurance. It wasn't just a, uh, a come-go-with-me experience. He did other things, and he wants you and I to live days of heaven here on earth. Freely give us all things. How many things? All things. Oh, Lord, there's a lot of things out there. All things. And that's our struggle. That's our fight. That's our, that's our standing. It's not to say, I, I'm trying to stay saved. No, you're not. You, can't be, you cannot be unsaved once you're saved, except through a rare event that's, that's not even worth talking about. But you've got you to gotta receive the all things. Just because he gave them doesn't mean we received them. Just, just because we give things to God doesn't mean he receives them. Amen. So what does that mean? It means you're believing the word more than your feelings. Because I don't feel saved, maybe someone would say, or I don't feel healed, or I don't feel supplied. You're just putting feelings above the Word of God. And so you've got another God before Him. I, thou shalt not have any God, other gods before Him. That is your God, is my feelings. I live by my feelings. Well, that is the God you serve. We all have feelings, but we're not supposed to serve them. We all have children, but we're not supposed to serve them. 
well, have a job or used to or want one or whatever, but we're not supposed to serve it as Lord. It's a byproduct or the end of something else. So slip to Romans chapter 8, verse 1. We looked at that one, but let's look at it again. Chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. And then we learned that the rest of that verse is not in the original. It's been added, and they thought they were doing a good thing, but they weren't. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So the, the, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is a law. That means you can obey it. Or you can disobey it. You can have it working for you or have it not working for you. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. Made me free from what? Another law. It superseded the law of sin and death. It didn't do away with it. It just superseded it. Just like the wings on a jet or an airplane or whatever. You take it down the runway fast enough. Gravity doesn't quit. But the law of lift takes over and supersedes the law of gravity. And so you, but the minute the prop quits, the minute you run out of fuel in those jet engines, the law of gravity is very present. <laughs> and down you're going. So we said that there's no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. Would you say that with me? No condemnation. Now, what is ambivalent about the word no? What is Wishy-washy, what is, we just don't really know. There's details. The word no means no. It means none. It means nada. No condemnation. Well, a little bit. If you do certain things, no condemnation. Well, if you don't repent, if, if you just keep, he keeps forgiving you and you just keep going back to it, eventually there's some condemnation. No, there's not. That's what we would do. That's what we do do, but that's not what he does. He is the Lord that loves us. And we all understand it in a certain way with our children, where no matter what bonehead play they pull and how we chew them out and how we say, if you do that again, they're our children and we love them and we keep them. And that's the way the Lord is. He's at least as good as we are. So we said there's no verdict rendered against you. No verdict. No condemnation means no verdict. You have to go to court to get a verdict. You have to be tried to get a verdict. But there's no verdict because there's no court. There was a court, and Jesus was the, the uh, stand-in for us. And he was judged and found not guilty, but they condemned him as if he was. And he took our punishment, Isaiah tells us. So there's no verdict rendered against you, and then that means there was no sentence passed. If you're, if you're not guilty, there's no sentence passed. So it's not coming. It's not coming like, well, the Lord's busy right now. He's, he's working on the murderers and the whatever. He'll get to me. No, he won't. There's no sentence passed. And then that means, that means, just a progression, there's no punishment following. Well, I've had some bad things happen to me since I did that. Well, that's, that's seed time and harvest. That's, that's if they catch, if you embezzled and they catch you, you are going to the pokey. God loves you all the way. Amen. Turn with me to John chapter 8, if you would. No condemnation. No condemnation. Remember, I said our job now is not to get saved, stay saved. 
is to have no condemnation, to know that he freely gave us all things. Freely gave us all things. Knowing, knowing God's not surprised by what we do. It didn't, it didn't like, well, look at that. Who would have thought that, that uh, Johnny Bob would do that? Who would I never guessed he'd do that? Sure he did. <laughs> he knows. He knows. So, no condemnation anyway. He just said up front, I'm writing this check out. I'm signing it. And whatever Johnny does, whatever Michael Ray does, whatever, we're just not going to attribute it to his account. That's what Andrew Womack says, the almost too good to be true news. You just, can, you just can't believe anybody could. So we choose many times to believe that nobody did. That there's lines you can cross. There's first degree murder, there's second degree murder, there's manslaughter or whatever. And there's different degrees of murder and, you, and depending on which one they convict you on, how long you stay or if they hang you or whatever. But there's not in God. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. So he forgave us for whatever. Well, that means that you're just telling people they can sin. Well, you know what they say. Brother Copeland said, nobody needs a license to sin. They're <laughs> if, it, if that makes it legal, they're just doing, they're sinning illegally. It doesn't change anything. I don't want to sin. I'm born again. I don't want to sin. The thing I do, sometimes I don't want to do. The things I don't want to do, I do, Paul said. But I don't like it. I don't like it. Uh, in Romans chapter 8, verse 32, let's read this one together. I like it. It's in red in my Bible. Ready? Read. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Let's read it again. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now let's first person that. And I shall know the truth, and the truth shall make me free. Now that's gospel. That's truth. That's, that's the way it is. Could I have a better amen? That is the way it is. It is not different than that. No matter how it feels and your experience and what somebody else thought and did, that's the way it is. You want to be free? It's not to get a new president. You might want one. It's not to get a new governor. Not, you know, it might be trading your parents or whatever. That won't make you free. You've got to know the truth. And then you can be in all, under all oppression and, 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 uh, and uh, powers, and you'll be free. Because that's who you are. And so that's, that's what you do. So in verse 36, he keeps going. He said, If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, because you know the truth, ye shall be free indeed. The word there is clean. The word there is certainly and of a truth. So that's, it's a word that just says absolutely free. Absolutely free. Not just freer, not just a dab up and got a, got a promotion. Absolutely free. In other words, there's no way to make you freer. Nothing you can do, nothing you can quit doing that'll make you freer. This, this is a good gospel that we've got, y'all. But people don't want it because they want to be condemned. Why is that? Because we, our whole lives are condemned. We're all condemned over what we did and got caught with and what we did and we did get caught with. Uh, we didn't get caught with. We're, we're condemned that somebody's going to catch us or find out what we've done. You go, I hadn't done anything. Sure you have, and you know it. And if, we, if, we, if the Lord was to bring it up, you'd say, yeah, yeah, I did that and I did that. So 
uh, he knows. So the, the truth is, just these three scriptures we read means I'm 100% free of condemnation. Right now. Can we say right now? Right now. Not I'm going to get my act together. I'm going to clean it up. I'm going to do better. No, right now. In the middle of whatever we're doing or not doing, we are completely condemnation and guilt and shame free. I'm free. Would, would the court judge me free? No, not at all. But that's because they're, on a, they're under the law of sin and death. But the law of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from that. Romans 6.14, I want you to turn. Well, we should have went there further. Well, you can go back to Romans 6. The reason we're turning to these scriptures is not so that you'll know I am quoting it. It's so that you'll write it down, that you'll put a star, that you'll put an underline, you'll put something. Because these are landmark scriptures. This is the word that, that if you have it in you, if you know this truth, you will be truly free. It's the scriptures that are the hardest to believe because we have such a contrary experience. And so we're like, well, I, I know that might be and someday and, and some people know it's free. In verse, uh, in verse, let's see, verse 14. Ah, oh, now this is, this, this is like eating the fish without taking the bones out. It, it'll, it'll go all the way, it'll go down hard the whole way. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Now, wow. No dominion, no condemnation, no guilt, no shame. Sin shall not, does not have dominion over you. No dominion. Well, I wrestle with this like an alligator in the swamp. I, I'm always trying to get free of this. And it comes back and I do it and I say I won't and I hate it and I'm guilty and everything. Yep, we know. We under, we're all in that same nature. But he says it shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law but under grace. I'm under grace. I'm under grace. We don't have a, we don't have a grace government right now. Well, maybe we do. <laughs> maybe it's more than we even want. But uh, uh, the TEV says sin must not be your master. So it doesn't matter if you're addicted to something. The Word says you're free. Legally, you're free from that addiction, that compulsion. So here's the bottom line. We always get to a bottom line. If you're born again, you and I, I'm born again, I'm qualified to receive everything heaven has. Will he not freely with him give you all things? I'm qualified. And that is the crutch. That is the, the, the uh, not crutch, crux. That is the crux of the whole Christian life, whether you're going to be in victory or not, is whether you believe I'm free. I'm free now. I'm free of all of it. Sin has no dominion over me. Sin is not my master. I don't think about it. I don't labor under it. I dominate sin. I see that's a, when you get there, you've got it. That's the whole package of, of the struggle of the born again man and woman is sin. It comes up back on it. The word talks, where is it? It says, talks about the sin that so easily besets you. If you don't, you've probably had some sins that you just, it was a struggle to shake that thing off. 
the sin that just keeps coming back and keeps sneaking up and keeps presenting itself another way. And so we just say, oh, I've already whooped you. What are you doing here? It's back. So receiving, receiving, when I receive, when I know the truth and that truth sets me free, the truth that I know, then that qualifies me, that qualifies us to transact the inheritance. How will he not with him freely give us all things? It's the all things that we're trying to move into our life. Somehow we get grace. By grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. We get saved. And that's because we have no feelings about it. Do you ever feel like uh, you were halfway to heaven, but then something sucked you back down and you hell was in your... No, somehow we, or most people, have said, I am going to heaven. I'm going to heaven and I got that. Somehow we got that. And like I said, there's no visual to say, no, you didn't have that, because there's no visual. There's no tactile. There's no hearing. It, there's no contrary thing to that. We feel saved because we never have anything contrary to that. But to freely give you all things, that's another issue. Because what's our experience? What's anybody else's Christian's observation of an experience? In other words, who do we look at and we say, look, they have mastered that. God has freely given him all things. And look, he's mastered that. He's got it. It's just not out there. Is that right? It's not out there much. And if, and if we see it, we discount it. Well, his daddy gave it to him, or he had this break, or he was lucky, or something like that. We discount it. We say there's nobody that has mastered this. But it's not true, and it's not tree, true for me and you. We're on the path. Nobody's ever thought you could be free. They've just said everybody's under it. Everybody's going to fail. Everybody's going to fall short of the glory of God. And it's just the wrong doctrine. It's not true. It's not what the Word says. It's what feelings say. And we've got to change it. Because the second you know you're qualified, the second I know I am qualified, qualified, not legal, not like we are qualified, but that I am qualified, there's a transaction. It happens. So what are we waiting on? Are we waiting on heaven? Well, I'm just, I believed I received when I prayed, and I'm, I'm waiting on God. No, you're not. You're waiting on being qualified, waiting on getting good enough, waiting on a feeling, waiting on, I'll do something good, I'll give to the poor, or I'll help them, and whatever. And maybe that'll qualify me, but then it never turns out, does it? So we've got to get qualified another way. The moment you and I are qualified, like for healing or provision, and we say, I got it. That's, it's coming. It's in your future. And I say coming. We have it. And you believe you receive, you pray, ye shall have whatsoever you saith. Ye shall have right there. It's in your path. It is. It is. That's why when you put pictures on your refrigerator of things that you're believing for, you get qualified. Eventually, the familiarity of seeing that whatever gets so familiar that it, it, you take ownership. You say, yeah, that's mine. That's my new car. That's my beach house or whatever. We, we, but if you just put it up there and put a picture up in front and say, look at this beach house, you go, oh, man, that, that's just for these people and those people. 
not for little old me. And we're disqualified even though we are qualified. So it doesn't matter what's legally happening. Legally, everybody on the earth has been saved. Legally. He died for everybody. For God so loved the world. So he died for everybody. But is everybody going to heaven? No, because even though they're qualified legally, they don't receive the price for them. Personally, individually, specifically, uniquely. They, they're like, eh, God wouldn't, the ceiling falls in if I go into church. Or God wouldn't do that for me. So believing is only as far as we're doing. Believing is not saying, I believe. Believing is what you say you believe that you're doing. So prosperity is not prosperity until you're doing prosperity. Until you have a beach house, and I use that facetiously. Whatever's on your refrigerator. It could be a TV, it could be an oven, it could be anything. New pair of shoes. Whatever, whatever you're looking at saying, that's mine. One day, your mind will let you out of the lock that says, you're not having that, you poor little thing. One day, you'll say, I dominate that. I have it. And it'll show up. You go, that, that's easy. Well, on that one hand, it is. And on the other hand, it's hard because we've been programmed in the world for however old you are, 40, 60. Whatever old you are, you've been programmed to the world that says you have to earn it. Performance is the basis for acquisition. And that's just not the way it is. Jesus' performance is, the, is the, the line for acquisition with the thing. First uh, John 3, 1 says, Behold what manner of, the lo- of love the Father has, that we should be called, say it with me, the sons of God. Now, did Jesus know he was the son of God? Did Jesus know, did he know that he was the Son of God? He called him Father, didn't he? And that's what only sons and daughters can say of someone, that's my Father. So Jesus knew that, and so he was unfettered, unhindered, unlimited, because he knew he was the Son of God. So for me to have the same draw that he did, I must also know that I am the son of God. Not a stepchild, not adopted, not bastard, not, not illegitimate, not whatever, whatever. Not somebody that's a second. Behold what manner of love the father has that we should be called, I'm called the sons of God. You got to get that one in. You want to qualify? You want to get past the legal print, the small print, and say, but that means me. There's my name in there. Michael is qualified. Then you got to say, I'm a son. Uh, I remember Romans chapter 8. You're right there. Look in verse 28. What does it say there? Oh, my. Verse 28. And we know all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Now here it is, right here, the tricky part. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate, or, or ordained, same word is ordained. He did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Which son is that? The only begotten son. We get that from John 3.16. 
God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But then he goes on. He said he, he, he's going to change his whole family to be like Pastor Buzzy always said, stamped out by the cookie cutter. He just took the pattern, he took the cookie cutter of Jesus and just stamped you and me out. Just stamped us out. What do we look like? Just like the pattern. Just like Jesus. So he said that he might be the firstborn, look, 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 among many brethren. I must be just like Jesus. He's the firstborn, so he's the preeminent, but as far as content, nature, image, I'm a son of God. I know it's easy for us to say in church, but you got to think like that. you got to think, bless God, I am here and things are changing. We're not putting up with this little, this lack, this pain, this trouble, this... We're not, we're not putting up with it any. I'm, because I am a son of God, I am, he what, Jesus was the firstborn among many brethren. So Jesus is not the only begotten son of God anymore. He was until we came. <laughs> so now there's lots of us sons and daughters, and we're all the same. So I'm qualified. Now, if Jesus was qualified and he knew it, if I knew I was qualified, if I knew I was qualified, I could have, look, look, I could have and do everything Jesus had and did. I know that sounds blasphemous. That sounds heretical. I know that. But what's this false doctrine that we've been believing about we're guilty and, and, and not qualified? What's that doing for us? We don't even know for sure, for sure, for sure that we're going to heaven. I mean, because the very word that tells us that Will he not freely with him give us all things is the same word that tells us that we're going to heaven. So if you can't believe this part of the scripture, why do you have such a confidence that you're going to heaven? And if you don't believe that, I can tell you, you don't really believe this. It's just a whole herd of us that are believing we're, we're saved, we're going to heaven. What about that freely give us all things? I don't, I don't know about that. That must be a an abstract reading or translation. It's the same word. It's, it, and it's all over it. Hallelujah. Here's where we're going. This is where River Church is going. This is where I've been going since the beginning. That we knew we were sons of God as much as we knew that we went over there and turned the light switch on. Something's going to happen. I can tell you when you turn the light switch up, except when you're in this room, the light's coming on. The light is coming on if you turn the switch up. The light is coming on. We ought to know as much about who we are as we know about a mechanical thing that's just universally wired the same thing. The light switch up means uh, it's coming on. We ought to know I am a son of God. I'll take out any devil. I'll take out any limitation. I'll take out any any hesitation, I am a son of God. If Jesus was the son of God, here's another one. Here's another one. And what God did was not have favorites. He's no respecter of persons. So what he did for one son, he's not going to say, now this is my special one. This is my only begotten until you other boys came along. No. What he did for one, he would do for all. I mean, you have to think that way. You have to follow that through and say, 
That makes sense. Coupled with what the Word says. Not, not independent, not separately. But the Word says that and then it makes sense that what He did for one son, He would do for us. Why did He do it for Jesus? Because Jesus knew He was a son. If I can know I'm a son, then I can have what Jesus had. I could speak to the mountain like Jesus did. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 in the Amplified. I'm just going to read this to you. It says, examine and test and evaluate your own selves to see if whether you are holding your faith. Test and prove yourselves, not Christ. So everybody's wanting to test him. Well, I prayed and it didn't happen. Well, we've been going to church and my little baby got sick and almost died. Well, where's God in that? See, we're testing him. We ought to test ourselves. Let's just, let's just go right to uh, Luke chapter 1. Let's go to Luke chapter 1. Let's, let's get to the end of this. I want to talk about in the next week or two or whatever, things that we must believe to be self-qualified. The first one is, or one of them is, I've got to believe I'm a son of God. If you're a bastard, or excuse me for that language, but it is a real word and it, it has a real meaning. If you're a bastard in your mind, if you're an illegitimate in your mind, that you're not the real deal. You just kind of got it the last minute the Lord said, okay, I got room for three more. Okay, Michael, you can get in. But, you know, you're, you sit over here in the closet because there's not room in the main auditorium. You're, you're one of those children, the barely in. If you believe that, you're not going to have much of anything. You've got to be self-qualified. I know we're all qualified, we would say, but how about me? If you knew what I had done and what I had said and what I hadn't done, then you'd disqualify me too. Sure we would. Sure we would. But Jesus did not. So legal is not... The end of it. Luke 137. I'm fixing to get to the end of this, but I think we ought to be thinking about some stuff. Because, do y'all remember uh, when, uh, I, don't, I don't know much about it, but used to, if not now, you had movies on demand. There was a time when you had to look up the program and say, okay, Gunsmoke's coming on at 7.30. Well, if you mowed the grass till 8.30, you missed gun smoke. <laughs> it's not like, but I wasn't ready yet. I, it's gone. But now you just get in there and say, I want to watch Rambo. And there's no time. You just click Rambo and, and Rambo comes on. And then you pause it and go eat supper and take a shower and come back and just click it again. And Rambo's still on and he's right where he was when you left him. So that's what, what do they call that? Movies on demand or video on demand or something? Well, that's what we've got to get. We've got to get where we don't wait. Listen, we're talking, about, we're talking about self here. We're not talking about going to a meeting and getting healed. We're not talking about having the anointing and having hands laid on you. And, and ha we're not talking about that because that's always available. And it works and it doesn't work based on several elements. But I, what we're talking about is healing on demand. I, I believe I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get healing on my own. Nobody knows about it, nobody whatever. It's just me and the Word. 
Well, you got to be self-qualified because what happens is, is you might go to a meeting where Brother Doodle Dog that's got a reputation for healing the sick and you get in line and you get in line and you are qualified how? Because you think he's qualified. Well, this man hears from God and this man has the anointing and this man and the music and, the, you know, and you, so we, we qualify us by being with him. He laid his hands on me. How many of y'all know that's not good enough? It's, it's good enough before you can do it on your own, but it's, it's, a, it's that little bitty tire that you put on your car when you have a flat that's just this big round. You go, well, nobody's going to drive that till we trade in. We're just going to get that and fixed and put the regular back on. We need to get that thing off that says, if we get sick, we just got to find a way. We got to find where he's going to be or where she's going to be or we're going to have to read our scriptures and find out how we are legally qualified. By stripes, I was healed. Yeah, well, that's right. But if you're a bastard child in your head, if you're illegitimate in your head, then you're outside the gate. You're outside the fence. You're outside the wall. Then it doesn't matter how much you know about how qualified we all are. You're the exception, and you're not qualified in your head. Does that make sense? So I want to go there. I want to go there where I have healing on demand. Doesn't mean that we throw in everybody else out, lay hands on the sick, or that uh, we take communion and get healing, but it's like, it doesn't matter when Rambo's coming on. It doesn't matter who's in the house or how far it is. I can get healed. I can get my need met right here as a son of God. That's what we're, that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what we're supposed to be doing with all of our Christian life. After you get born again... And then you get the Holy Ghost, that helps a whole bunch. Then our next thing is, is days of heaven here on earth. And we all know, Jesus said, I got this. I'm the Son of God. I've got this. We go, well, I'm a Son of God too. I should say, I got this. It's all based on how I feel about me. I know God loves me. Yes, He does. Verse one, Chapter 1, verse 37. We got this verse here that says... Uh, Let's go to first 36, wherever we are. 36. Behold thy cousin Elizabeth. So the angel's talking to Mary, right? She also she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. And here it is. Here's what the angel said. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Do y'all know what that word nothing means? It means nothing. <laughs> It means nothing. It's an absolute word. It's an inclusive word. It's a, it's, there's nobody on the other side of the fence that snuck out. It takes hold of everything. For nothing shall be impossible for God. Nothing. Well, I'm in there. I'm in there that when he says everybody, I'm in the everybody. Now, I'll give you a little exception here. I meant to say this, but Michael, you, you, no, you can't be in this bunch. Or you can sometimes, depends on this and that. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. So there are the legal limits. That is the legal limits of God's will and his power towards us. Nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall... This is pretty emphatic. It's also pretty concise. It's not like, well, let's see paragraph C for the small print and the details on how this is not true. 
It's like, okay, how many letter, how many words are in that? Two, four, six, seven. Yeah, nothing with for with God, and the four is not really important. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Now we need to take hold of that and sweep out the stuff that disqualifies me, even though I'm in the everybody. The Amplified says, and I want y'all just to listen to this. I didn't even give this to, to uh, the sound booth, so I'm just going to, I'm just going to, let's just look at it from versions. For with God, n- nothing is ever impossible. Oh, that's a little jazz. And no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. I'm going to read that one again. Because this, this is the, the legal, this is the attorney language. For with God, nothing is ever impossible. And no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. That nailed the case there. We ought to send this thing to the jury and just come out with a verdict. Because it's, that's the TEV. Today's English version. For there is nothing that God cannot do. Okay, there's the amen. The, the living Bible says, For every promise from God shall surely come true. Notice that every. Every promise from God shall come true. The weesh says, In the presence of God, no word shall be impossible. The weymouth, For no promise from God will be impossible of fulfillment. No word. The Better Life Bible. But you don't have one of those in your purse. God is able to accomplish anything. The centenary. For no word of God shall be void of power. You know, in other words, you're at the end of the line, and, and the minister has come down a long line with healing, and everybody's getting it, getting it, getting it, and all of a sudden it gets to you, and you hear a sputter. He said, ah, blast. We just ran out. Come back next week and we'll see what we do. No word of God shall be void of power. Uh, the cotton patch. Guess what it says? For God will see to it that every word of, of this will actually happen. God will see to it that every word of this will actually happen. Uh, the inspired version says, For with God nothing can be impossible. Mm, that's a new slant. Can be impossible. In other words, it's not arbitrary. It's not a decision he makes. It's not something he sends to the committee. For everything spoken by God, world English, for everything spoken by God is possible. Now, here's what the, here's what the Greek says. Wow. It is impossible for God to do nothing. I'd write that in my Bible somehow. It is impossible for God to do nothing. It is impossible. Well, that word impossible is the same word that says it's impossible for God to lie. We believe that, don't we? It is impossible for God to do nothing. In other words, he's on it. If I'll stay on it, he'll never lose his grip. This thing's done. This thing's done as soon as I know I'm a son and that nothing's impossible. This is powerful. This is so life-changing if you need your life changed. 
Mark 10, 27, it says, With men it is, Jesus said, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. That's another place where he did it. So my impossibility, listen, is possible with God. We watched a Mission Impossible one day or something, and uh, Tom Cruise says, he says, how are we going to do that? And the, the boss said, well, Mr. Hunt, this isn't mission difficult. So this ought to be easy for you. If you can do mission impossible, mission difficult ought to be a walk. He said a walk in the park. It's like, oh, yeah, God, you got this. With me, it is impossible. But for you, it's not even difficult. He said, oh, I wired this little scenario in the same time I opened the Red Sea. The same day I wired that into the plan of, of God, the future, where that thing opened and everybody walked through and then it came back on the, on the Pharaoh. He said, on that day, I made, I made provision for your impossible to be, imposs- to be possible. Now, when you think like that, you can get it. That it wasn't something that you surprised the Lord with and said, Golly, this looks tough, Lord. He said, scratching his tears, everyone. Yeah, that is, that is one I hadn't seen in a while. He wired it in before the foundation of the world. He built that road under the Red Sea. And I told you, geographically, archaeologically, they have found a ridge under the Red Sea. Well, he did it for you and me. He wired Mary here. However, however that goes, he fixed it way before that day. He just was waiting for her to say, be it done unto me according to your word. Well, that's what I want to do. That sounds like I'm qualified. Be it done unto me, 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 me. Be it done unto me, not them, not them, but to me according to your word, which is impossible for you to do nothing. I can tell you the miracles that you read about with these people like John G. and and Smith, They've all had rehearsals behind the scenes before they got there that they qualified themselves. I'm fixing to go into this meeting and God is showing up and everything is changing because God shows up. They didn't just go and say, I hope God can do something. I hope I have the right words. They never thought that. That's just, that's like no indoor plumbing or, or whatever. That, it's not in our realm of thinking. So we've got to change the way we think. So I'm not saying throw away your healing scriptures, but if you already believe they're true, you already believe it's God's will to heal you, you need to start working on something else. And one of those would be, it's impossible for God to do nothing. If I go in as a son into the throne room, if I go into the throne room, if I go into the throne room, this thing is fixing to happen. I am not coming out empty-handed because Jesus would not have come out empty-handed. Jesus said, I know you hear me. I know you'll do what I ask. Mark 9, 23 said, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Believeth what? What are we talking about? That everything that is possible, spoken by God, is possible. Everything is po- That's what he's asking. Can you believe it? Is that this is possible. Not that you can do whatever you want to, because that might mean he's not wanting to. 
What's possible? That no word from God is void of power. I just get excited about this message. It changes my life. I told Deborah, I do not know what we're going to do next week. This, it'll come on Monday through Saturday. You know, you just have to empty this, this one out. So it's not based on performance. There's no condemnation. No performance. Say it with me. No performance. So you can be as bad as you want to be. But know these things, believe these things, walk in these things. And you got it. I, I know they don't like that. So I believe I qualify for the impossible in my life right now. Not, I got to go home and clean some stuff up. I got to go home and confess some things out. I qualify right now. No performance. No performance. I'll do better, Lord. I won't do that anymore. Yeah, you will. Yeah, you will. Well, how many times have you and I told the Lord, I won't do that anymore? And then, like Paul said, whoops. Everything is possible right now. What is on your list? What is on your calling? What is on your assignment that he wants you to do that's mission difficult? Let's do it. Let's put the key in the door and unlock the door and walk through it with the will of God. I know, here's another little thing, I'll quit with that. I know we think it's going to be somebody else that God's going to use. Oh, he's going to use the big church and the big preacher and the big, the, the people that it was right, like, like Mr. Ward and all that. We always think it's going to be somebody else. And that disqualifies you. It's me. For me, it's me. I say, Michael Billings, I'm going to do what they say can't be done. What's that song? It's, we've got a long ways to go and a short time to get there. We're going to do what they say can't be done. That's Smokey and the Bandit if you're grabbing for that. We're going to do what they say can't be done. That's who we are. And the moment that you kick in and say, that's right, that's me. Poor little illegitimate me. Poor little didn't never do nothing. God can't use nobody with me, like me. As soon as you shake that trash off and say, bless God, I've been called. I, I'm assigned. I'm empowered. I'm qualified. Here I go. Then, 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 the door opens. Decision is the place of power. Then the door opens. And suddenly you go, I can heal the sick. We at River Church are supposed to heal the sick. We prayed this morning there'll be no pandemic in River Church. There'll be no corona, no delta, no triangle, no square, parallelgram, or anything. We're not having any of it. We are not. Not because we've been so good and we've walked so right, but because we declare a thing, we decree a thing, and it's established and does. And that's the end of it. And so just don't flinch when the devil's, when, when somebody says, your kids were playing with my kids all week long, and guess what we just found out about our kids? Don't take a thought. Don't take a thought. I wonder. Don't take that thought. Take the thought like, well, bring those kids over here and we'll pray for them. Nothing is impossible. So I got to get that nailed down. If I want healing and the power of God, the word on demand, I got to first shake off something's not possible.
Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today. Okay, we'll do that sometime. Sunday Gar. It's about 6 o'clock there in the afternoon. He's already had church, gone home and ate the fatted calf and come back and they've got us on, on an iPad watching us and then watching, well, if they have enough money, they'll watch Pastor West. <laughs> Amen. Are we off, Wendy? Okay. Good. Well, I'll tell you this. We love that scripture in Esther where it says, maybe you were put in this place for such a time as this. Let's get that off of Esther. And let's get it in the affirmative because Uncle, what's, what's his name that was saying that? Uh, he, he just was looking at the situation. But I tell you, that is a word for all of us. I was put here for such a time as this. I married Doodledoo. And for such a time as this, and I got this degree, I got whatever you did. And some stuff we didn't do, or some stuff we didn't need to do, but we did. But now we are just now, we are just now getting qualified to do what we're called to do. And it's amazing. So I, you, you and I, we've got to get the little thing. This right here can be this, this smallness, or whatever you want to call it, empty chairs, whatever. It'll kill almost every church. It's fatal to almost every church. But we've been preparing for a long time that this thing would not affect us and get us off. We just had never flinched. I hadn't flinched. And you keep coming back and serving and giving and saying amen, so I assume you hadn't flinched. Let's, let's ride this horse all the way across the stream. Let's just see what's on the other side. It's too late to start over somewhere else or doing something. We might as well just ride this thing out. And we might as well not put a weight. Let's see how it's going to go before we commit. Those are the people that got offered Walmart in 1982 at $15 a share that said, nah, that's not going to work. But the ones that did buy had a 1,500% increase on their money. They're millionaires. They're all millionaires if they bought during that year and did not sell. They're all multi-millionaires. So I'm not, I'm not comparing us to Walmart. I'm just saying, what if we're here for such time as this? All we're limited by is our vision. All we're limited by is saying, well, we're little and I don't know and this could go another way or I, you know, it doesn't look right or it doesn't feel right or whatever. That's the only limitation. If you evict that, you can do anything God's called you. Because River Church being little has nothing to do with your particular assignment and calling. It has nothing. God didn't say, well, because you picked that, we've got to change your orders. No. No. Um, why are there not going to be apostles and prophets in this room? I believe there are. But we look like ordinary folks. But actually, ordinary folks look like apostles and prophets. They're just ordinary but when they stand up and open their mouth or extend their hand, everything's changed. So here we are. I'm so proud. I'm so proud of you. And I'm so proud of what the Lord's done for me to be able to stay and to fulfill my calling. I'm so proud. I'm so blessed by our Father that He didn't throw me out uh, for whatever reason. 
So yay. So I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you because you are blessed and that you will meditate these things. You will write down the things that seem impossible and you will challenge them that no word from heaven will be void of power and that your future is already in you and it cannot, it cannot be evicted without your permission. Lord, we just love you and we thank you for doing a work in River Church, doing a work in each one of us. We thank you for bringing Barry and Melissa home. Hallelujah. Eventually, they'll get here. I know, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Does it seem like they've been gone three weeks? It does to me. And having no Wednesday night church is just like, when are we going to get to Sunday again? It's like it's been so long since I've been to church. I told you I took, the other day I took the, the trash runs on Friday morning. You put it out on Thursday. Wednesday, I took the trash out there saying, tomorrow's Friday. It's just, it's just a... Amen. Well, we'll pray for you if you need prayer.